This is Kalani on the beat. My name is Wazir. My name is John Muhammad. One, two, this one, is two. the Business Building Blocks podcast. How you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, you want to introduce our guests? We actually have a guest in the studio today. Mentioning studio, we're actually in his facility right now. We wanted to do it right. You know, that being that we're interviewing one of the greatest engineers in Houston, Texas, by the name of Kalani on the beat. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having us in your facility, in your studio. But uh, let's get to it. Yeah, we we like to give our, our audience an idea of what what Business Building Blocks is about. The Business Building Blocks podcast is, is a business talk show mm-hmm. where we um, encourage entrepreneurship and those business owners that have a business. We would like to give them. Um, business topics to expand their business, business development, economic development. And primarily we focus in our community, in the black community, because uh-huh. we believe that we have the greatest need. So um, now we can get started. <laughs> I thought a good topic for us to talk about this week is people that are on a job, mm-hmm. but they want to transition from their job to living off their business. It's like a, a balance that, that goes in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless you have a rich uncle or you've been uh, hustling and you've been hiding the money under your under your bed or your mattress. Right, right. Um, <laughs> you just can't go directly into your dream business or your dream idea and begin to live off of that immediately. Mm. There needs to be uh, a transitionary period. And... We call that stealing away. You know, it's symbolically the job is the plantation. And when we're on the plantation, if we were slaves and we wanted to go to the Underground Railroad to escape to the north, we have to strategize. Mm. You know, we, we have to find the best way or the best time to slip away. And we call that stealing away. So it's the same with your job. You still, you still got to pay those bills every month, that mortgage, that rent. You know, you still got to eat every day. And your dream business, your dream idea requires um, investments, investment in time and resources and money. And so uh, you don't have uh, that uh, opportunity to begin to generate income if you invest. And again, you need that cash flow uh, from that job in order to invest in your dreams. Mm. So basically, if you're on your job, you have the idea, but you shouldn't just cut off your bread and butter right when you feel like you have a great idea, right? No, because yeah. you don't want to end up, uh, you know, uh, failing, immediate immediate failure because all of your resources are being consumed. So you may want to start off part-time. You, you may want to, you, you need to start off first with a plan, with a strategy. Right. And again, you may need that job as a basis. You may be gaining experience. You may be gaining knowledge. But definitely that income, uh, that, that consistent income that will stabilize you and you begin your working on your craft or your, your project as a part-time project. I want to ask Kalani, are you currently 
living off this studio? Is this your main source of income? Yeah, this is my main source of income. Mm. So how did did you have anything before this that you were doing? Yeah, um, I worked at the state for six years. I was a caseworker there. You know, I did um, food stamps, Medicaid. Okay. Um, I did that, you know, for a while. But um, the, the whole time when I was doing it, I was building my clientele, building my name, building my brand, so people knew what I did, you know, mixing and mastering and, and production. Um, I didn't just walk out on my job. You know, I actually waited until I had the clientele to where it can support, you know, my family at home, take care of the bills and all that, and still be able to do this. Mm. That's a perfect example of what we're talking about. Exactly. I remember that. I think when I first met you, you told you told me a similar story like that. I was like, man, this... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember yeah. you telling me, he's like, nah, man, I had a job before this, and... I think you were just transitioning. When I, I just first quit. Yeah. yeah, I just quit when I when I met you, and that was about almost four years ago. Yeah, it's been a minute. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. so I've been doing it four years strong. You know, just pushing. But the biggest resource that you lose, not not really so much lose, but when you're building your business from the ground up, is time. That's the that's the biggest resource that that you're gonna um, be coming off of because you're gonna be putting in a lot of hours. You know to get where you want to get but it's all worth it though yeah it's all worth it yeah you tell me that a lot when you're working yeah i mean when you're working for yourself it's not a nine to five no uh it's not a shift yeah you know when you clock out because you you need to begin to work even more mm -hmm. to invest in yourself invest in your dreams also you wear a lot of hats when you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. so you don't have a boss or a dictator <laughs> that's determining what you what you should do next. You have to plan. You have to strategize. Yeah. You have to uh, research. Uh, you have to educate yourself. So you need that, that time. You need to invest in time and research. And uh, you, you got to sometimes uh, work hours, long hours. I think a, what a lot of people are afraid of is when you have that job, you have somewhere you're going to clock into and you know when you get there, the money is coming. It's based mm -hmm. on how long you were there. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you have your own business, you know, it's not as, um, I guess, definite or it's not as guaranteed. You have to put that work in. Yeah, it's not guaranteed. And, and every business goes through it. Every business has a dry season. Right. Um, most engineers, producers, we all know, like Christmas time's coming around. It's going to get a little dry yeah. around here, so we need to save up for that for those dry those dry months and put money away for it but in the meantime when you're having those dry those dry days or you know nothing's coming through you got to keep working on your craft you can't get lazy with it because because that's the thing like when you're when you're self-employed you have your own business you are your own boss you're the manager that's right and you control to me it's like you have more control over what you can do you know um so having a businessman you can't be lazy with it man Mm. And in this this industry, artists, I think of starving artists. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of artists they go out on the road or they they go for broke. And mm -hmm. you think about, well, you know, I went from uh, town to town doing gigs until I made it. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you have to have a strategy. Yeah. A, a lot of artists, I'm sure, studio time, um, um, you know, beats that type of thing. Mm -hmm. That you have to invest in uh -huh. wardrobe, costumes. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really expensive, especially like a lot of the seem like a lot of the artists, especially from the era 
before this one, a lot of people came up, they had a D-boy behind them, right? Mm-hmm. Is that part, that's kind of like a part of the culture everybody knows. Yeah, that's what they think is a part of the culture. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of these artists don't have the money that they say they have. Yeah. A lot of them, you know, um, they put up this facade of, of what they have and what they drive. And to be honest with you, a lot of these artists are just regular people like us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if, if people shed more light on it, um, it would change the business. And it's really about ownership. You know, it's yeah. a whole other thing about ownership with music because a lot of us don't own our music. Mm-hmm. So when we put it out, it's just going out there. But But who's covering it whenever you're getting the streams, you know, and stuff like that on, on the internet. Like, a lot, of, a lot of artists don't know that you can get paid from that stuff if you mm-hmm. register your music, you know. You mentioned streaming. Uh, how has streaming really affected the industry? Because I know, say like the Napster era, when, mm-hmm. Nap- when Napster came, it kind of killed the industry for a moment because people, it dropped CD sales way mm-hmm. down. But we haven't really been buying CDs for a while anyway, mm-hmm. but somehow people are still making money but is there any money in streams like yeah. significant money now now i mean it's not significant but it's starting now you have internet radios that are paying out publishing and it's counting towards your bds reports which counts you know for your spins and stuff like that so mm-hmm. that stuff is 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 generating now and i it's kind of like internet radio right now i think is in the era when youtube start, first started Okay. Um, you had a few people on there like doing videos here and there and people thought it was corny you know what I'm saying but those people that got on first and got good at doing what they did on YouTube like they're millionaires now because they got on it when it first started and I think that's the same thing for internet radio right now it's like you have a lot of people jumping on internet radio but a lot of people don't they don't take it serious because it's like internet radio you know mm-hmm. but it's getting to that point now because a lot of people didn't know you can get you get paid streams from that just like you know any other online services that pay you to stream do you do you give that advice to your to your clients yeah you know i, I mean most most of the time they say you got to get a demo tape or mm-hmm. demo cd i guess nowadays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh now you might tell them that you need to register on itunes or whatever mm-hmm. and uh instead of going the label route yeah because now now you don't need the label okay. at first you needed the label because you didn't have the internet as a resource. The internet is the biggest resource right now. Right. So without the label there, you know, we own 100% of our music. But mm-hmm. we only own 100% of that music if we go to the proper steps of registering our music. Right. And I think that's that's the thing a lot of artists miss out on is they don't they don't take that step. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a business. You got to treat you got to treat the the arts like a business if you want to get paid from it. Yeah. That was my advice to Wazir, by the way. <laughs> I say, you know, copyright your music, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two things, copyright your music and put your music on the market. Mm-hmm. Because I run into too many artists that claim to be artists and they have 100 songs written, mm-hmm. but they're in the closet. Yeah. I mean, do you have a you have any uh, recordings out? Well, not, not right now. Well, do you do any shows? Mm-hmm. Well, not, I'm trying to wait till I get it perfected. You can't, and you and I'm thinking you're not an artist. Mm-hmm. You never, you haven't got started. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know you have some people who you have a database of songs they've been recording over the some years. Some of the dopest <laughs> artists, and they yeah. won't release their music because. And I think it's about believing in themselves. They don't believe that that hey, maybe I might have something that might go gold, platinum, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or sell a couple thousand, you know, copies. They just feel like they're not good enough 
from what it looks like. But they're some of the most talented people. I don't get it though, you know. Have you ever had a song go gold or platinum? Mm-hmm. Or or do you know an artist who or what's the highest any one of your artists have gone? I don't know. That's a good one. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always busy working in here, so I can't yeah. keep up with the stats. Yeah. You know, on who's who. But, I mean. You ain't checking the scoreboard. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. I've had stuff on Billboard, but that's about it. You know, oh, yeah. I haven't I haven't got that big shot yet and ain't got anything gold or platinum yet. But it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. Man. So, for we talking about ownership at this point. Mm-hmm. What What's your favorite part, I think, about being a being an owner? Like, you know what I mean? Being control in control of your own destiny in a way. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Being in control. Um, I didn't realize how much I was. I didn't have control of my life when I was working under somebody. You know, they literally tell you when you can be off to see your family, when you can take a break just to go get something to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have to ask to go on vacation. And when I stopped working, I. I it, it made me realize, like, I really had to ask somebody else just to go see my family in another state. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't look at it like that because it's stuck in the system, it's stuck in the cycle of constantly working, you know, clocking in, clocking out. It's like routine for them. Mm. But nobody prepares you for, for being an entrepreneur. It's like some you got to, you know, either like, you know, from our community. It's not a lot, yeah. but it's growing. So the, you know, the, the resources when I started it wasn't there as far as the black ownership and what I did as far as you know studios yeah we need we need to uh, go to our sponsorships and yeah, was... come back and learn more about all of the things that you do mm-hmm. at this point we would like to highlight some people who are assisting us in making this podcast great for you all listeners our first sponsor we would like to highlight is Nation's Products Nation Products Nation Products with the uh they are child literacy advocates and we always like to talk about this word search book that uh, famous blacks in America because uh, as our children solve the puzzle they learn about each of these figures in in, uh, in our in our history and that builds their self-esteem because they see themselves in their ancestors and if their ancestors were able to accomplish great things then they know their potential. So check up, check them out, Nation Products on Facebook, like their page, and uh, order some books. Uh, one of the other books we have is um, Nadine's 19 Recipes. Mm. For those um, who's interested in healthy foods, uh, because you eat to live and not to die. You know, so <laughs> uh, your food, uh, what you eat determines your health. You are what you, you, know, eat. you are what you eat, along with exercise, of course, yeah. and uh, lifestyle. Yeah. But uh, healthy foods—that's nineteen, uh, Nadine's nineteen recipes. And again, we have this book, uh, Barack Obama. You know, his—it's uh, a child's um, uh, children's book, and it's well illustrated. And you can find this uh, on Facebook. So again. this is good for uh, private schools, charter schools. Maybe you have a home library, all of these things. Check them out on Facebook, like them on Facebook, Nation's Products. Our other sponsor, I think we should highlight Creative Technique. Creative Technique. All the videos that y'all have been seeing on our social media lately and 
speaking of, thank y'all so much for sharing those. We're really getting a lot of traffic online, but those videos were captured by Creative Creative Technique. You can find them on Instagram at Creative Technique with a K T E T E T E K T E C H N I K. So Creative Technique, y'all check them out. They do great work. They're actually killing this episode right now If y'all watching it <laughs> They're doing great Yeah so if you're just a listener Y'all check us out on YouTube and Instagram But do you have a public service announcement? Sure we have a public service announcement We like to talk about independent media Because we believe that we have to tell our own story The Final Call newspaper And you can go online to finalcall.com To get the newspaper that covers our community Throughout the country and also internationally. And it's gonna, uh, oftentimes we are vilified in the in the media, in the mass media. Uh, we are scapegoated, so to speak. And uh, that affects our behavior if we identify with that. That affects our self-esteem. If all the news that we see is negative, you know, it's like our image of Africa. If all we see is poverty and war, we don't wanna have anything to do with the culture. So uh, the only way we can give a positive image is if we control the platform. So we have to begin to write uh, our own story, cover our own news. Again, that's finalcall.com. And we have another public service announcement, the Economic Blueprint. The economicblueprint.org is the fund that's established by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam to address poverty. We want to uh, eliminate poverty by purchasing farmland. Farmland uh, be the basis of economic development because all wealth comes from the earth. Again, number one, the hierarchy needs is food. We got to begin to feed ourselves in order to be a free people. And we want to start off with 200 million acres of farmland. And then as we begin to produce the raw materials from the farm, whether it's uh, produce or livestock, uh, it all comes from the land. That's uh, economicblueprint.org. We only ask for five cents a day. That's 35 cents a week, $18.20 a year. And we would raise hundreds of millions of dollars collectively in order to address our own needs. I can donate to that today. Sure. <laughs> well, Kalani, you're an engineer. Yeah. You're also a producer. Yeah. Is is that the main? Is that your main two gigs? Yeah, that's my main two. And oh. I'm and I'm okay. and I'm slowly getting in the film. Oh yeah, ain't slowly. You got that green screen room over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so. It's not. Well, I want to get the origin story. Where did this all start? Where were you born? Tell us the beginning of this story. It was I was born here in Houston, okay. but I was always back and forth from here to Hawaii. Okay. Um, so that's where a lot of my diversity comes from. Whenever some people they hear my music, be like, what, "Where'd you get that from? You know, why'd you put that there?" Probably, probably why. <laughs> so with that Congo and it yeah. was just, <laughs> what's up with what's up with that ukulele? Like, like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and my dad, he's a professional musician. Okay. And what's crazy is that it's not really crazy, but my my dad when he had us, and made him stop and made him put his trumpet down, um, but. When we got older, he started to pick it back up, you know, and, and get back on it. Now he's back on a professional level. He just got a record deal. Um, he just 
he's about to go back on tour in Australia. So it's like crazy, like just seeing him go through that from quitting his passion to raising us, you know. So whenever, um, you know, just seeing that and as my passion grew for music, it just made me want to work even harder just because I knew what he went through and I didn't want to go through that same thing. What was the genre? I mean, was it uh, blues, uh, funk, R and B, funk, funk? funk. <laughs> you ever heard of? <laughs> um, his band was the uh, it was the Cashmere Stage Orchestra. It was Thunder Soul. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> that's they why just, I love that. I'm, I'm a Cashmere alumni. <laughs> oh yeah. So you know. So my dad, he's part of that band that went over in Australia, and they had that movie that Jamie Foxx just shot. Right. Uh, about him, the documentary. So they're trying to move it from documentary to actual film like an actual okay. movie about it you know? we actually know the drummer from that band for real yeah yeah it's small world man it's, it's crazy. crazy yeah 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 but i mean that's you know that's how i got started in the music it's just being around that you know watching my dad um stop and then pick up his horn um and then i you know i picked up of course me i picked up the horn too because i wanted to you know to, to kind of be be like my dad in a way um but from there it's like it's just like, I could never sit it down. I couldn't leave it alone. Even after I quit band to go play sports, I played basketball. And that was the thing. Like, I just, that's what I wanted to do until I got to college. And I was like, I'm not really passionate about this, like, music. So what, mm. what a high school? You say you was in Houston? Yeah, 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 yeah. What high school? Westfield. Westfield, okay. Yeah, Westfield High School. Were you, did you play around with any production or anything during that time? No. Nah. So that's crazy. I'm kind of the same way. Like I didn't touch production. Until I didn't I was touch it. 18. Like yeah, I, you know, I didn't touch it. I didn't. You know, nobody showed me how to play the piano. It's like I just, you know, picked it up over over the years. But but yeah, like it's just. Um, I literally when I started, like I was <laughs> wiring up speakers, um, making my own um, mics out of old computer mics and stuff like that to record with. Wow. So, so you started in college. Before you start started making beats, I started um, right after high school. Okay. Um, and then it it was something that like I just like I said it just turned into a passion. You yeah. Know? What I, not to age you, but what year was this? Was you using the I hear people mention the AR S ten or or was that what it's called or the, the, the MPC? What, yeah. Were yeah, you yeah. on that kind of thing? Were you using? Well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of, when I started, I, I got on at the end of like the analog digital era. Um, like I had an NPC, I had a Rolling Phantom, I had an Emu Proteus. Um, so I learned from that first. So whenever I switched over to just all the way digital, I kind of had my ear built for analog. So mm, that's how you got that warmth to your stuff. Yeah, that's why, like, that's one thing, like, I just love the analog signal. So. That's one thing I try to keep in all my songs. You mentioned your father and what he had to give up for your children, but you have children also. Like yeah. I, I find that I like how that play, how that's playing out. So how are you balancing family life and and your music? Like I have a good wife. That's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how, I mean, <laughs> shout she, out to all the good wives. Yeah, she she <laughs> takes care of of everything. You know, as far as when I'm away. Cause she knows that I'm, you know, I'm building. I'm trying to build something to leave behind, you know, to the kids. Um, as far as residuals income, oh man, you know, so that's something mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm real, um, big on working towards. It's something to have for generations. Yeah, I heard you on the phone with your, with your family there. 
Yeah. Remind me of Schoolboy Q. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the studio, baby. I'll be home in a few more minutes right after this. They done kids driving her crazy today. <laughs> would, you, would you want them in the music industry? Being that you know everything, the ins and outs? If they wanted to. I'm... Uh, I'm the kind of person like well I'm the kind of parent like I I, I don't want to sway them in a certain direction I want mm-hmm. them to find out what they love to do um, because what's great like what's crazy is my dad even though he was a musician he was always adamant about like me just sticking to college and not doing anything else he was like uh, I don't know if this music thing is going to you know do anything you know you might need to consider going back to school this and that um, and I don't want to do that to my kids mm-hmm. you know because I don't know where the dreams can take them, and I don't want to stop them from achieving their dreams. Now, I want them to have a good plan B, you know, at the same time, but I want to encourage them to, you know, to, to stick to what they love to do. What Was your part, uh, was your father from Hawaii? No, nah, my dad's here. My dad was military. military. My mom is from Hawaii. Oh. Well, she's from Samoa, but she ended up in Hawaii. I don't. Do you know where Samoa? I don't know where Samoa <laughs> is in relativity. You ever, to you ever looked on the globe and it's like, oh, in the middle of an ocean, there's a whole lot of little dots. Which ocean? <laughs> the Pacific. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> like right it's in between Australia and it's all over there. Is that what they call the Pacific Islands? Yeah. I guess it's, yeah. Pacific, yeah, Pacific well, Islands. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So all them little dots. Yeah, that's where it's. It's somewhere in the middle of the little dots. And it's black people there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got some some of the islands. It's like everybody's black. Yeah, I, I had a customer, you know, yesterday, and uh, he, he happened to be a veteran, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he fought. Well, he was in the military, like in the between the Korean War and the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and he was stationed in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And he said that the Philippines were a lot of uh, small islands. Mm-hmm. He said everyone wasn't civilized. You had some other. Negritos. I said, "What is a Negrito?" It was. <laughs> he said, "Well, they were black, and they was they was uncivilized. They was mm-hmm. they still had the bow and arrows, and and they came. They would come and raid the um, the towns or the the, the military uh, areas where they were set up. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and they and, and he said we was told not to shoot them. He said, "But they look like me, you know. He black." Wow. He said, "Ain't hey, Negritos." I'm the Negrito. I guess that's that's a, a Spanish way of saying niggas, <laughs> Negros. There's black people everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So we in all of the islands, you know. And I think the original Hawaiians were black. If you look at the mm-hmm. the original Hawaiians, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what brings to mind is the Rock. Oh yeah. Is the Rock uh, from from Hawaii? Yeah, I'm he okay. Oh, so he's like y'all representative, the right? Yeah. The way, that's y'all. <laughs> but he's half he's half black like He's y'all like Obama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Obama was raised there. In Hawaii. Oh, yeah. ironically. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's all, it's all a connection there. How do people in Hawaii feel about Obama? Is that a thing or Yeah, they love it. I mean, it's the same everywhere you go. You have people that love him for who he is and you have people that hate him just because of his color. You know, so that believe it or not, in Hawaii, like it's racist people there too. <laughs> you would yeah. think it's not, but it is. I feel like, well, that's one of them places. I feel like they're always on vacation, like just because of the. You know, it's crazy. It's for people that vacation. It's an it's, it's a it's an amazing place. I loved living there. I just didn't like staying there. But it's the poverty limit is high. Like mm-hmm. it's a lot of people in poverty poverty over there mm-hmm. because of the um, the local government there. Um, and just the cost of everything, 
cost of living there is ridiculous. Mm. You know, they and, it, and it's a state. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hawaii is one of the people. They don't want to be a state, but it's a state. It, it kind of reminds me of Puerto Rico that's yeah. happening right now, and that's yeah. a territory of the United States. Yeah. And the economy is shot, mm-hmm. but they're part of the United States, yeah. and we we don't take responsibility for our citizens. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the the poverty level, and that made me think. Did you see that? I don't know who, but it was like a documentary on Bruno Mars. Yeah, and it was showing him he was living like in a park. But that's 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 like kind of I wouldn't say normal in Hawaii but it's not uncommon to see that you know his whole family is just camped yeah out, you know um, because of the cost like before the recession you know the big recession hit you know of our time mm-hmm. um, Hawaii was already you're, you know it cost like six dollars for a gallon of milk what mm. it was high it was stupid expensive like you like everything was high in mm. Hawaii still is and the wages yeah. don't adjust? Or? Yeah. It may, Hawaii crazy. makes a lot of money, but you know what they do. I know how it is, yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot but, of money, but they're not going to pass it to the actual natives of the island. And that's the thing. That's why the, the natives of the island are starting to fight back because right. they're, they're just tired, and they didn't want to be a part of the U.S. in the first place. And I, and I feel that this show is a connection. We're not just mm-hmm. a local show. Mm-hmm. You know, now since we're on uh, modern technology on the Internet, we're in a national show. And those same principles apply wherever you are in the world. Mm-hmm. That we need to accept responsibility for our own condition and start looking for ways. What is it that we can do to help ourselves? Yeah. You know, the native people, the indigenous people, you know. And here we happen to be uh, in America and uh, we treat it as if we're second class citizens. Mm-hmm. But that may be how others treat us, but how do we treat ourselves? Because our sheer population, we are uh, a group of consumers, just in our consumption. So that means we generate an economy. We we make up an economy. If we begin to go into business and start circulating a dollar within our own group, we can empower ourselves. Yeah. Just like we're empowering ourselves with the culture, mm-hmm. with the music, with the entertainment. Mm-hmm. I was about to say that's music is one of the I would guess even I would say like studios and the music business is one of the places you find black people spending money with other black people pretty regularly. Yeah. Like yeah. that's common. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common. Um I I mean I'm starting to see more support. And that's a good thing. I'm I'm it's starting to grow. Um and like before I even, you know, because I just recently moved here to this new studio. So, you know, we're currently working on it um, still. But before I even got here, I didn't even think of teaming up with two of the black entrepreneurs, you know, okay. to to expand my business and expand what I can offer um, until, you know, recently. And, and to me, I think it's a cool thing because, you know, it's always been that stereotype of going into business with your own people. Right. Um and like lately, a lot of those stereotypes have been going out the window because we're starting to work together more. That's true. Yeah. So what exactly is going on here? You said it was two other entrepreneurs. Who yeah. are they, and what are they? What are, what purpose do they serve here? Um, uh, I have a one of my business partner. Uh, his name is Carl with Postpartum Productions. He has um, he does video production. Um, so he does everything from music videos to movies to commercials, um, photo shoots, anything like that. Then you have uh, Miss Lovey with Love the Jam Radio, and she's internet radio. So 
her station, um, like I was saying earlier, you know, counts towards BDS and counts towards your publishing and all of that. So you get paid to have yourself spun on internet stations like that. Mm. Okay. That's amazing. And so what do you do? You do basically hip hop? Yeah. Uh, well, I do a little bit of everything okay. that comes to, you know, so I do um, R&B. I do hip hop. Um, I do alternative uh, so, I mean, if somebody wants to come in here and do country, I'm going to do it. Okay. <laughs> so, have you got a country artist yet? I have. You know, we had one that we was working uh, was working on a couple of songs that were. I always feel like country and rap can be mixed. It's just, I don't know if anybody has done it the way no, I feel like. No, it's being mixed. Like people are doing Yeah, they're doing I, it in the country. They're mixing trap oh. with country. They're just taking the drums out of trap and mixing it with guitar. Ain't it crazy how every genre you see has a piece of hip-hop now? Yeah. You can't hear no type of music and don't hear trap drums on it. Of course. Pop, everything. But we know what that is. What is that? I need to know. <laughs> I need to know because I'm trying to... I be in these high-scale places and then you'll hear... You'll hear... What's the what's the Taylor Swift song that had Kendrick on it? Uh, Bad blood. Yeah. And then, but then they put like some Metro booming under it. And this yeah. is a mix... It's like that made it more high classes. So I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. It's a piece of us and everything. It like. Yeah, it is. It is. It's kind of everything crazy. we. I mean, everything that we touch, everybody wants to be a part of it. That's how I feel. Um, but we just don't get paid for it, and that's yeah. starting to change now. You know. And I think we didn't bring it up, but you located in Houston. Uh huh. Um, um, what's What's the Houston market like right now for for hip hop or? Believe it or not. Houston, the Houston market is very diverse. Okay. Even though a lot of people may not see it because the local radio doesn't play it, but it's a lot of dope artists here um, because a lot of people got so accustomed to just one sound. And Houston, like, you have a lot of dope lyricists coming out of Houston, but you're not hearing them because, like I said, radio. But you hear them on podcasts and you hear them on internet radio. Okay. You know, but, and, 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 and what's crazy is a lot of these artists are buzzing. Um, mm -hmm. but they're not buzzing from radio; they're buzzing from the streets. Mm. So it's underground. Yeah, basically. the underground market here is is growing, and it's growing fast. Why doesn't Houston radio support Houston artists? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's always been a big debate on like why they're saying that. A lot of them say that we don't put out good material, mm -hmm. but we actually do. It's like you. And and I hate when people do this. You have a lot of you have a lot of the people that screen this music based on their preferences. And to me that can stunt the growth of a city like it's been doing because based on your preferences, you don't like this song. But this song may be a platinum hit, but you won't let it go through because it's not something you like. You know what I'm saying? So you know the sound that's been accustomed to Houston the whole time. But we have a bigger sound than that and I think it's coming out. It's just and, and, and radio play the top forty anyway. Yeah. And and most record labels, uh, A and R's, they they're not gonna sign you based on your talent. They they sign you based on if you hot. Yeah, numbers. What's, what's your numbers like? Mm -hmm. You know, what's your following? So you have to build up a following before you even approach these these labels, record companies. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. I mean, you have to build up a following if you indie anyways. If you're independent. Yeah. That's the goal. Anyway. That's the goal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You can invest in yourself, and build your own brand. 
Have you ever wanted to be an artist or anything like that? Because I know a lot of producers who kind of rap a little bit. Do you? you know what's crazy? When I started, um, I started rapping and producing. It was fun, but it wasn't my passion. And the more, the 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 better I got at production, the less I wanted to rap. So, I mean, I, now I know. You can't catch me behind a mic. Ain't no Kalani tape floating around out there. I erased all of that stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> it is gone. Cease and desist. You Burnt that hard drive yeah. up. <laughs> man. Man, so. Are you, are, do you, what are you working on right now? Do you have any artists that you are really focused on right now? Or anything that's centered around your studio that's kind of bubbling? Yeah. Um, right now, I have a project that I'm putting together. And um, I haven't been telling a lot of people about it. Um, but I have a project I'm putting together around my sound, around how I hear music, um, and and I've I'm about eighty percent done with it. Um, a lot of the music on it is uh, like R and B, soul, you know. Um, I don't I don't even know if I want to put rap on there because of the way <laughs> the industry is going with rap. Um, but if I do, it's gonna be you know something you know big and some with some bars in it but um that's that's the biggest thing i'm working on right now um i have a few singers on it um already that they're really dope like they really can blow i can't lie man i mean i'm kind of excited to hear this because i don't know i'm not just saying this because you're here but i'm a huge fan of your work man, bro. Appreciate it, every man. time you post a beat i'm like yo <laughs> yo what <laughs> What is he doing? And then I, I had to come up. I have every time I come up here, I'm like, oh, what you, what you working on, huh? Every time I'm like, what you got going? Because I, I don't know what you're doing, but you have a certain sound that nobody else has. I don't know if you want to give that secret, but what, what is your thought process when you're going into these mixes? Because something is different about your mix. Man, I have no idea. I mean, I guess it's just that's the way I hear it, and that's the way I want myself to sound. Um, where it came from, I don't know. I mean. It, it could, I mean, it. everything's to me based on, you know, music is like a display of what you went through in the past. Um, and and I guess that's how my music is, you know. So who, not to be the cliche artist question, but who are your influences? My influences? The biggest people who, when you were listening, coming up, you were like, yo, I want to do that. Timbaland. Timbaland, okay. Dr. Dre. <laughs> And this is, like, with Timbaland, I always loved his diversity. Like, mm -hmm. he was always, like, creative. Like, he would, he can flip any sound and make it sound crazy. And then Dr. Dre always had the hardest drums. Mm -hmm. And that was something I always loved. So if you ever hear my, you, you know, like, if you ever hear my music or if anybody checks out my music, my drums are always knocking. Even if it's going to be, like, some R&B or Neo Soul stuff, my drums are going to be hard. Like, I, that's one of the things I always, like, had to do. Uh, then one of my other influences was um, Zach and Roger. Mm. The Gap Band? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That went over my head. I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, was your like, father in you, your, your yeah, father influence. Yeah, I mean, it was like the the, crazy, the synthesizers they used to use, the talk boxes. Like, I always mm. loved that stuff. Oh, so that's it. Now, now. Yeah. Man. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Man. So you just import all yeah. that into that. But earlier when you was talking, you know, I'm not a, a music person. You know? mm -hmm. But uh, one person that comes to mind is DJ Khaled. Mm -hmm. he, he always executive produce albums. Mm -hmm. So what you was talking about earlier was an executive production 
Oh no, I'm actually producing these songs from start to finish. Okay. Like, I'm the one laying the keys, you know, laying everything down for it. Um, the only thing I'm not doing is writing and singing the music. So you are bringing in a host of artists. Yeah, yeah. This to is perform. gonna. Yeah, this is gonna be. Um, a, it's gonna be a compilation of my music. You okay. know, but it's gonna be you know, a, the majority of the tracks that I have right now are nothing but singers. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be artists throughout the city. Okay. It's not gonna be just music. Okay. Man, uh, I I seen you post something on uh, Facebook the other day. Have you? What's going on with this new show? I think it's called Signed. <laughs> what do you think about this new show? <laughs> oh man, the new show is a good example of what's going on in the industry. Um, and I I hate like because I I feel like whenever you say certain things, you're kind of deemed as a hater you know, on the show, but, um, you, you know, when you seen it, who was it? It was Rick Ross. You talking about that It was that Rick one? Ross, The just Dream, Britney. and Just Britney. Yeah. And another, I don't know who the other singer was. I think it's I heard like it. Kaya. Kaya. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she can blow. And the thing was, it's like Just Britney got up there and she sang and it sounded horrible. And the judges knew it sounded horrible. You can see it on their faces. The same face I make when I hear a singer in the studio <laughs> hitting them notes. How like was that? that? It was good. All right, <laughs> let's run it back. Let's yeah, see. but uh, yeah, you know Rick Ross went with just Britney, of course, and everybody knew why he went with just Britney. Your future's bright. Is yeah, <laughs> it's crazy because like you see the industry and how they treat, um, how they treat artists, especially mm-hmm. women. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she can be the most talented artist, but because this chick looks like this over here, let's go with her. What a Nick Nicki Minaj effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the enhancement. It seems know. like that's what they're trying to do with just Britney. Okay. You know, is turn into another Nicki Minaj. It seems like women do have it really hard because they do. They're not. They're not really judged off their talent a lot of the time. Nah, it's a misogynistic industry, and it's always been like that. And it's it's been like that because, um, since day one of how is you know we've represented our women in music, um, that does need to be that does need to change. Um, you're always gonna have artists doing it, and and I th- and, and and I think it's up to us if you know we filter that out, and allow that stuff to reach our communities and not you know. That's right, man. So I always wondered this because I've I've engineered before. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been engineering somebody, and you're almost like. I don't want to condone anything that this dude is yeah. saying right now. Yeah. I don't want this to get out and have my name on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I have that all the time, all the time. Um, but sometimes, in it, sometimes I don't. I don't know. If it's like I have to. It's like my brain goes on mute. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I'm like I'm on autopilot. And you're not gonna kick your customer out. They are paying customers at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. But. yeah. Yeah. But it's not it's not your work, right? You're not the writer. You're yeah, not, I'm not the artist. I mean, it's like you I'm can helping them, yourself. From I'm, I'm music. helping them get their idea out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times, it I haven't ran into it to where it's real bad. Um, I have heard songs that were real bad. You know, like I just don't like. <laughs> uh, don't say you did that here. Just <laughs> like you need some counseling or something. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah, but um, I I think it's. The more we gain control over our music, because we don't have control over our music. The black music in America is controlled by the labels and by the stations, and that's rarely owned by us. Mm -hmm. So I think that the 
the more that we can take ownership over our own music, the more that we can put a positive message. And everything is not going to be positive. I'm not saying right. everything that you do should be positive. Because sometimes right. the artist may have a story and it's not positive. You know? Yeah. But we should have control over how much of those type of messages come over or come across the air. Especially if it's our genre. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, that was one of the key points in Jay-Z's latest release, mm -hmm. 444. Mm -hmm. So how, how important do you think was that album to you, or did you enjoy it? Oh no, nah, that 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 album was that that album sparked up a lot of conversation. Um, yeah. and you can see kind of where like you know a lot of people's mindset was at um, when that album dropped. And it, I, I was trying to see the negative, the the negative in the album. You know, as far as like what people kept saying online, I'm like, I don't see where you, you know, I don't see where you're getting that message from. But <laughs> that was like a positive album. Yeah. And it was something that needed to be said. That's strange when positive is negative <laughs> and negative is positive. But that's the time we live in now. <laughs> that's literally the time we live in now. Everything's backwards. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the the artists should be uh, responsible enough not to advocate yeah. criminal activity uh -huh. or drug use. Yeah. And sometimes we become a poster child or uh, commercial mm -hmm. for illegal drugs or crime mm -hmm. or gang banging that's going to lead a generation into prison yeah. or even death. Mm -hmm. So it's but it's sometimes it's synonymous. It can get mixed with, especially with hip hop. Mm -hmm. People think street culture and hip hop are the same thing a lot of times. I remember one time I was interning in the studio, and this is the last day I was interning there. Mm -hmm. But I was while I was interning there, as many interns do, I was using the equipment because it wasn't an artist in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm recording, and while I'm recording, I'm like doing one of my takes. This is one of my first projects. And I'm like rapping, doing my thing. And then I see some people walk in. It was a, a tall man with dreads and like a short white woman. And then a dude who was like basically my mentor at the time start talking to him. I'm like, oh, okay, there must be some clients. He turns around, pulls out a bag of some white stuff. I don't know what the white stuff was. A scale. Yeah, I don't know what it was. A scale. He puts it on the scale, and then he's like, when? And then he, you know, he's serving them, basically. I didn't know none of this was going on. I'm just a young, naive engineer, like, oh, okay. I'm just going to learn how to rap, yeah. produce. You know what's crazy? It, and and that's, the, that's kind of like the stereotype of if you're a black business owner in the music industry and you have right. a studio that you are attached to drugs in some kind of way, like you right. sell it or something. Um, I don't, that's crazy, but yeah. that's what's actually going on. <coughs> it's changing, though. Yeah. It's a few of us that are coming out that's legit. Yeah. Yeah, things are changing, but... Yeah, yeah we had to drag uh, YZ out of that studio. Yeah, I'm glad you <laughs> I seen some crazy stuff. I seen people yeah. getting and beat you know, with bats. And, and that's, that's, that's the... That's one of the biggest reasons in Houston why a lot of people have a hard time trying to open up a studio or open up a black business is because we have a bad rep when it comes to people that want to lease to us. Mm -hmm. Is are you going to bring drugs? We're deemed as that that type of crowd. Like, are you going to be selling drugs out of here? You know. Yeah. And yeah. in actuality, we're trying to make money just like you. You know. In the most ideal situation going forward. What are your hopes as far as your career? Right now, it's just to continue to grow, um, continue to learn, continue to get better, um, and transition over to... I still want to do music like I'm doing now, but I want to get onto the film side. 
not behind the camera, but I just want to get on the sound side of film, like scoring, building up the sound templates, stuff like that. Because that's stuff that I always love to do. Um, but I never had the avenue to do it, but now I do. With your partner. Yeah. So yeah, that shows how much, yeah. how important partnership is. Yeah, yeah, partnership, partnership's important. You can't do it by yourself. I don't know one person that can that can that can make a million dollars by themselves. It's possible, but it's much easier when you have a good team. Yeah. I, I don't know if you consider this. A lot of the web series are becoming popular now, mm -hmm. and I see a lot of artists putting their music in the web series, mm -hmm. and some of them act in the web in the web series, and they end up getting more hits from the web series than their music. But they also giving their music some uh, exposure mm -hmm. in those web series. Um, when you were building this studio, was there ever a point where you were like, maybe I should just turn this around and go back to my job? I don't know what's going on here, nah. but I just need to know. Nah. It's um, I never, I don't know. It's like I'm running as fast as I can away from that that nine to five employment. You know, thing like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to work for anybody else ever again. Right. Basically, once you once you become self-employed, like like I was saying before, you see how much more control you have over your life. That's true. Um, it like it takes a lot of time, but once you get rolling, like you, I know for me, I can't see myself working for anybody else. And and your earning potential is different. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you're doing more than you did when you was earning an hourly wage. Yeah, it was crazy. Like when I was earning an hourly wage. I was I was literally working two jobs. I was doing this, doing this and working a full time job, and I was struggling. You know what I'm saying? I was struggling real, you know, real bad. Like to the point to where, um, me and my wife was eating ramen noodles, you know, every night. Or you know, we we would have like twenty dollars, you know, to go get some food for you know the last of a couple of days. And I got to a point to where I just you know I couldn't do that no more. You know, it was, it was either. Get out here and fight for my family. Yeah. Or, because that's how it is when you're self-employed. Yeah. If you 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 uh, if you work you eat. If you don't work you don't eat. Mm-hmm. But on a job you may be able to hide you know and ride the clock. Yeah. But you know you're gonna get that paycheck in a week or two weeks. Yeah. But when you self-employed you have to be industrious. Yeah. You got to get up early and work later. You if do. If you want to earn anything. You do. Yeah, you really do. Cause when <laughs> when I was working, man, like. I really thought, like the way I, I really thought that I had to live like that, you know, and I had to work my way up the ladder of employment and get to a better position, you know, and earn five more extra dollars, you know, on my paycheck or whatever. Right. Um, and I, man, I just couldn't do that no more, man. <laughs> I just couldn't do it no and more. And sometimes, even if you uh, have the best skill, the most talent on the job. Or you work harder. Yeah. You don't get the position. No. Because it may be political. Mm hmm It may be nepotism. They may hire someone because they're related. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you may be the wrong color. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors involved. It is. It is. Who is who is your favorite artist in Houston, Texas? That you've worked with. That I've worked with? Yeah. That you really see like, yo, this person? For, just for the listeners to like check out. Oh man! <laughs> we well, just give you some. You have a lot of people mad. Just give some, 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 some of your so, some of your artists so that they can hear your music, your beats. You know. Yeah, I have. Um, I work with a lot of artists, and some of them aren't in Houston. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, just in general, some of the people you work with. Um, I have a group that I've been working with, uh, a young group coming out of the Cypress. Um, and and they're, they go by New Legend. They're dope. Um, they're, they're, you know, you're going to get some, some substance with them as far as, like, some on some creative type stuff. Um, another artist I like working with is uh, Skylar Harris. She's out of Nashville, but she's R&B. Mm. Um, she was just on The Voice, I think, okay. last season. She's dope. Okay. Dope songwriter. Uh, dope artist. And I work with another uh, artist by the name of Tony Richard. Um, he's been, I think he's, I think they're about to offer him a deal or something. Okay. I don't know. But right now he's been on tour with uh, AHA Gazelle. Um, and AHA signed the reach. So he's been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of buzz lately. He got freshman um, of the year on, it was one of those mixtape sites. Can't remember okay. the name of it. Okay. But yeah, it's a few. I mean, but those those are three. It's like I have so many dope artists to name that I don't know which one. You know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. literally have a lot of dope artists that I work with. Yeah, you work with some cool people. Yeah. I guess the energy you put out, you get it back. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, because I be anytime somebody asks me, like, yo, what's a dope studio? I be like, hit up my boy Kalani, he raw here. Because I hope I ain't sending you some bad, <laughs> some bad artists. <laughs> nah, my job is to make the artist sound good. And, yeah. and, and I don't even know what they sound like. I just be like, yeah, go. Yeah. Man. Like, I have a lot of artists, they come in and, and um, after they hear how they sound mixed, it's like it changes their whole perception. They're like, I thought I was wet. No, you just <laughs> didn't have a good mix. That's right. Oh, that could change everything, a yeah. mix, man. All right, well. This is the Business Building Blocks podcast. I want we want to give our audience tools to build their businesses. Can you give them one block that you think would make them successful? Uh yeah. Uh it's one of them serious questions. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um one thing I would I would say is um is when you have those 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 light bulb moments and I mean by those big ideas of where you want to go and what you want to do with your life sometimes you got to work on that in private you can't let everybody know what you're doing right. what your plans are what your goals are because a lot of times you have these dream crushers that they'll stunt the growth of your dreams and your aspirations of what you want to do with your life because they've been through so many failures and they don't know how to respond to somebody that's finding themselves so I would say when you have these big ideas, you have these big dreams of, you know, of, of what you want to do with your life, work on that. Work on that night and day, but keep it to yourself. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not saying totally keep it to yourself, but watch who you tell. You know, watch right. watch who you um, open up to. Because, like right. I said, that can really crush your dreams. I see it happen yeah. all the time. Show them, show them your works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show them, yeah, show them better than, than you can tell them. That's and, right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I, uh, how can we find you? Do you have a, you know, any uh, contact information? Uh, internet sites? Yeah, my my site's being worked on right now. Okay. So I don't have that up and running. It should be up um, pretty soon. But um, you can find me on IG. Um, a lot of people hit me on IG, hit me on my inbox, and I respond right away. Um, I'm at Kalani on the beat. It's a, you can even spell it out. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead and spell it out for me. It's a K A L A N I O N D A B E A T. And you can reach me there. Um, and like I said, just, I mean, a lot of people believe in they, they when they reach out to me, they, they ask me random questions about, how do you do this? Like, I see you do it all. Like, I'm one of them kind of people, like, I'm cool. Like, 
you can hit me with a question. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it. If I can't answer it, I'm gonna see if I can find somebody else that can help you. Yeah, you definitely not one of those producers that be like, uh, nah, that's my. Yeah, nah, yeah. like I want to see everybody shine. Like you know, I want to see everybody make it. So if I can help you make it, if I can help somebody to that next level or get to the next step, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it. That's Kalani on the beat, man. Thank you so much. We wish you much success. This has been the Building, the Business Building Blocks podcast. You have the blocks. Now get to building. Thank y'all for listening. See you next time.